Hello, and welcome to Emotional Self Mastery, the best podcast on regaining personal power, self confidence, and peace. I'm your host, Cheryl C. Jones. And I'm Kathy, the producer of this podcast. Each week, together, we explore topics that will help you eliminate negative self talk, worry, anxiety, and fear so So you can can live your best life. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Cheryl. What are we talking about today? Today, the topic is resilience. Resilience. What is it? Yeah, what is it? How do you get it? Or how do you develop it? Does everybody have it? I don't think so. And maybe even some tools. Okay. Where do you want to start? Well, what is it? (laughs) That's probably a good place to start. (laughs) So there's a lot of definitions for resilience. But the one I think that I like the best is that resilience is when you have the ability to bounce back from adversarial or unexpected consequences or outcomes and and on a regular basis, not just one time, but you're able to rebound easily or more easily than not. That means that you are probably operating at a much higher emotional frequency or emotional state to be able to do that. So if you had to think through everyone you know, is there someone that comes to mind for you who kind of fits that bill of resilience? Well, you do. Well, thank you, because you've taught me how to be resilient. But, I've done my best. You know, just like um, an example of anybody? Well, um... Remember that guy, Matt? Oh, Matt. Oh, and his... Yes. And then... He, and the, Yeah. Well, I was trying to think of somebody who, like... Most people would know, like a know. celebrity or something, yeah. but I really don't know. The, I don't, the celebrities that came to mind really yeah. didn't, I don't know personally. But I do know these two guys, um, Matt and Finn, they both work for the same uh, high-end paper company in the IT department. They, the, the company had a big layoff, and they both got laid off. That created a lot of discomfort for both of them. But what we noticed, because my husband and I both know them, at what we noticed in both of those guys is that one was much more resilient than the other, where Matt had some real challenges, wanted to blame the company for being laid off and for not, you know, not keeping him like furloughing him or something and then bringing him back. He had a lot of anger and upset where Finn, on the other hand, was like, OK, I get it. It's it's um, it's a business situation. They're having difficulty. They can't afford to keep all of us. So they're laying us off. Finn was able to bounce back much more quickly than Matt was. And And Finn has a job now, doesn't he? Yeah. In fact, um, within like 48 hours, Finn was updating his resume because it came to a surprise. It was a surprise to both of them. But within 48 hours, Finn was updating his resume and putting it out. You know, within a week, he had interviews and, and now has a job. It's been several months since then, and Matt's still kind of struggling trying to find his way because he's still in the cycle of grief and anger and frustration and negotiation oh, kind of thing. I get, so, so I yeah. get what you're saying about that, living at a higher emotional state. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Finn is more optimistic, maybe happier, whereas Matt seems like he's really bogged down in anger and resentment. Correct. Exactly. So the emotions are on a on a um, linear chart, if you will, from high to low. The emotional frequencies have been measured and put out a vibration that has been documented in an order of sequence or hierarchy. 
So at the higher end of the emotional hierarchy chart, the, the highest the highest vibration is love. That kind of makes sense to us when mm-hmm. you hear that, right? Sure. And then, of course, that what's right up there with love is joy, empowerment, freedom. And then right under that are things like passion, appreciation, excitement, enthusiasm. Those are, the, you know, the positive expectation. And so they start working their way down. And at the bottom of that hierarchy chart, the lowest level of vibration, meaning the slowest wave pattern, is shame. At any time in our lives, I'm sure at some point we've all experienced shame. Uh, and it's it's a really heavy, low burdensome type of vibration. That vibration really can take it out of you, you know, and and guilt's just right down there near it, not right with it, but near it. And, um, and very often that can really slow us down. We're much more attractive to others as well as attracted to ourselves when we're at the higher frequency rate. We like ourselves better when we're up at that joy, excitement, you know, love, passion kind of thing. But when we're in the lower the lower range frequencies of, you know, anger, frustration, revenge, insecurity, then people don't want to be around us. And frankly, we don't want to be around ourselves either, but it's kind of hard to get away from that. I understand that. And I'm just wondering, can you jump from shame to love? (laughs) Well, that would be tricky. On that hierarchy thing? Not in all honesty and stay at the higher end. You have to kind of work your way up the ladder. You kind of have to go from shame to maybe some grief. And and it takes some recognition of what's going on within you to be able to get to that point. So you have to have some self-awareness and recognize I'm feeling very shameful for my actions or my behavior, yet I may have been motivated out of past hurts, you know, unfinished business that I've had in the past that didn't get resolved. And so you kind of then work your way up the chart till you can start feeling a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. We're going to give you some techniques today. And let me just share one with you right now about working your way up the hierarchy chart. And one of those is to think about how you want to feel. If you're feeling in a lower vibration, let's say blame or worry, and you'd like to start moving out of those two categories or either of those categories, then you might want to start thinking and looking at the chart to see what's the next higher one. So. Blame is a good ways down the chart. Worry is above that. So if you're in that range, you might think, well, you might say, well, it's okay to have doubt or disappointment. So I'm going to feel that instead. If you're at contentment, kind of middle of the road, which is kind of neither positive nor negative, it's right in the middle kind of thing, then you want to think, I want to start having hope. And so you want to intend to hope. In other words, practice looking for things that give you hope and hopefulness. That's a good way to start moving up the chart. Hopefully, you're not staying down in the lower vibrational categories. Isn't that hierarchy chart of emotions, isn't that in your book, Emotional Self-Mastery? It is in my book, Emotional Self-Mastery. It also can be found online. And there's a couple, and they vary very slightly because originally it was all um, outlined statistically 
and measured. So everybody may have slightly different words occasionally, but yes, it's in my book, Emotional Self Mastery. And there's some science to it. Definitely. So it's not just somebody came up with this chart of words and said, you know, (laughs) so there's science to the frequency. It's been tested, tried and, and exactly. And, and wherever you are is fine. It's just a matter of what do you want to feel? So pay attention to what you want to feel and look for things that give you hope, that give you optimism, that give you a positive expectation and don't rest in wherever you are right now, unless that's just what you need to do. If you need to grieve right now, then you need to grieve right now and let that be okay. But when you're ready to move on and hopefully that will be sooner than later, then you can start moving up the hierarchy chart. Well, I don't know about you, but for me, it's exhausting to live in the lower part of the chart. It takes a lot more energy. It takes a lot more energy. Things move quickly and, and, you know, come lightly and lightly and easily when you're in the upper end, right? In the upper, in the upper vibrations. So I encourage you to do that. You know, I think when we go back to the Matt and Finn story, one of the things that is important to look at is the perceptions. Matt had a perception that the company was doing this to him. To him and Personally. the other 99 people who were laid off. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but mostly he was worried about himself, you know. Right. However, Finn had a little bit different expectation or perception. He saw it as, okay, this is a business situation. The handwriting really was already on the wall. I saw it coming as a bit, if I had been the business owner, he probably would have, you know, if he had thought like that, which I think he did, um, he would be making those same decisions. I got to do something to keep the business alive. I can always rehire these people later, but right now I can't afford to keep them on the payroll. So he had a different interpretation or perception of the, the things that took place. And therefore, you know, his assumptions about the situation were different. Matt had a perception that it was all about him. He was targeted. And therefore, his well, his assumptions were that he was targeted, which supported a belief in him that he was not valued. Finn did not have those same, you know, assumptions and same, therefore, same beliefs. And so, two very different experiences from the exact same outcome. And so, if Matt is in the mood to move up his chart of emotions, yes, he might take a different spin on it. Like, he's been there for a long time at that company, as I recall. Right. Number of years. And, you know, it's probably a lot fear-based because he has been Mm -hmm. there for so long. But he could be looking at this as, you know what, now's my opportunity to try something different, to see what else is out there, and maybe do it all, you know, do a 180, do something completely different. Exactly. And how cool is that? I mean, to because we do get very complacent in our lives. And when resilience is about change, mm-hmm. you, change has to occur for you to be resilient. So until then, Matt didn't have to be resilient. He wasn't practicing any kind of resilience. That is a beautiful observation <laughs> right there. He's just every day, same old thing, same yes. old, same old. Now, maybe he had new projects or new initiatives or things like that, that he was working on. But ultimately, he was just in the same old thing. You know, no, nothing new kind of deal. Right. The other thing that I think is interesting when it comes to resilience is recognizing where you have control. There's that old adage about. It's control. It was the, it's the serenity. That's the serenity. You can 
you can control, control or whatever. Release the things you cannot. And Please don't judge us that we can't remember that. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And we didn't <laughs> cheat and plan for that, so therefore it's we don't have it memorized. But I guess that my point is is looking at what you have control over. Very often, if you think about it this way, think about the core of of an orange and the peel, right? So all the good juicy stuff is in the center of the orange and the peel is around the outside. So the juicy stuff in the middle is all the things that are really within your circle of control. The skin, which is the outside layer, which really is in in our world is much, much bigger or far, you know, wider spread. That is the area that you really don't have any control over at all. You might have a little bit of influence, but the truth of the matter is it falls in the category of, of the, the circle of concern. You might be concerned about it, but you really can't change it. What's important is to focus on that, that juicy part in the middle where all the good fruit is. Focus on what you can control and release what you cannot. Know that you don't have control over everything, and that will help you build resilience. Well then I must be very resilient because I don't have control over anything. <laughs> Aren't you so self-aware? I love it. <laughs> I'm kidding. One of the techniques that I'd like to teach you today or share with you today is something called the story manager. We all have a story manager within us. And the story manager is very subtly showing up in the Matt and Finn story. The story manager is the story we tell ourselves about a situation. And very often that story manager starts super, super duper young, like when we are newborns, literally, and we make up stories, even though we don't have language, we make up stories to explain the way things are. So if we aren't being fed when we're a baby, we may think fed when, excuse me, fed when we think we should be or when we're hungry, we may think that there's not enough food to go around and therefore might think that food is scarce. That might become our story. So as we grow up, if that story is reinforced, then again and again, then we actually, it can have a reverse effect and create obesity because then we think we have to eat everything because it may not be here later. That's the story manager. The story manager applies to everything in our lives. We're making up a story about it. Even if it's brand new, we're making up a brand new story. And there's what we call the story manager who's managing all of those stories and bringing every time we're in a new situation, the story manager is searching through our memories and our experiences to find a story that mimics it or is similar to it so that we can easily make sense of the situation. Very often, the story manager will toss up things that really don't need to be revisited, but we're operating on, out of those things unconsciously. Well, like Matt, he's made up this story or, you mm -hmm. know, he has a story about how this has affected him and why it happened. And not being valued. Not, yes, not being heard, valued, etc. So that's his story manager. Exactly. Right so what do you do works. with it? Well, the first part is you have to recognize that you have it and go, what's that story? And then, you know what? You and I both have the power to rewrite the story and you can rake it. Just how it happened is one thing. Again, it's an interpretation, right? It's not necessarily fact. So we can rewrite that story and put a total, totally different meaning to it, have that story support us instead of undermine us. That's powerful. It could, yeah, could be really powerful for Matt if he decided he wanted to, to rewrite, rewrite that story. That story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And he would have to want to rewrite the story. He would have to want to rewrite the story. And maybe he'll be willing to do that when he gets past some of his grief. Some of his grief. Exactly. And really, I recommend that people literally write it out and, you know, put the facts or the key points in there. Mm -hmm. But where it needs to change is in your conclusion of it. What conclusion did you draw from it? So in Matt's case, his bosses weren't listening to him, he thought. Right. Right. It could be that his ideas were falling on deaf ears because they weren't in the ideas weren't in alignment of where the bosses were taking the company. So instead of thinking I'm not valued, my ideas aren't valued, he could rewrite that outcome, that conclusion to say, oh, my ideas weren't in alignment with where they were going. And no wonder it wasn't that I didn't have value was that they didn't match their plan. That's not his fault. It's not really their fault. It's just the two did not, you know, align. Right. Well, that would have alleviated some some bad feelings. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) You know, another thing, if if he didn't want to take the time to rewrite it, although I think there's really big value in, in, in it for Matt to rewrite that story, the outcome, is he could use the technique called cancel, cancel, that's not the truth. That's one of my favorite ca- techniques. That's my favorite. That's yours? Yes. That's good. Um, it's so easy to use. So when, for instance, with Matt, when that came up, when that idea of not feeling valued came up, then he could say, wait a minute, cancel, cancel, that's not the truth. The truth is... I am valuable. I have valuable ideas. I have ideas that serve others. They've served others in the past. I've been heard in the past. And so what you do is you you identify the core negative message and you say, cancel, cancel. That negative message is not the truth. The truth is this. And you you prove it out to yourself, to your subconscious and conscious minds, that there have been positive situations associated with similar, similar events. Right. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I catch myself doing it every day. Cancel, yeah. cancel. Cancel, cancel. Well, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard a number of people say that that was one of the most valuable things. Mm-hmm. One of the valuable things. Yeah. In essence, you're deciding how you want to feel every, and yeah. rewriting your story and canceling out the negative thoughts that keep recurring then, you know, we realize that there's more than one way to look at things, to move forward, etc. Absolutely. One bonus idea is something I call the power moment. We all have had experiences where we felt we were Superman or Superwoman. And I don't mean necessarily in strength. I mean... Everything is going our way. There's this great feeling of accomplishment. We feel great or we feel love or loved or feeling love for someone or something. And, and you, we've all had that experience. At least I sure hope we have. If you could find one moment in your life, anywhere in your life, and replay that video over in your head, it will literally bring your vibration up several levels very quickly to a much higher emotional vibrational frequency than where you were previously. My power moment is a moment when my husband and I were celebrating our anniversary and he arranged for a carriage ride around downtown San Antonio and we dressed and I didn't know what was going on. So it was all a surprise. He told me to put on my best evening gown dress. He put on his tuxedo 
and we walked from the hotel we were staying in to the carriage and people were looking at us wondering why we were so dressed up and were you in a cinderella carriage no, we were not in the center, oh. but it was lovely. Uh, it was white, and so was the horse. Uh, of course, as it should be, right? In all mm-hmm. fairy tales. Right. So it was like like fairy tale moment for sure. So we rode around and went by the church we were married in, and then went to the carriage, took us to dinner someplace else, and it was magical. It was absolutely magical. And I just felt the love he had for me, and I, I was enjoying the moment. People thought we were celebrities, which was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> they would wave to us, and we'd wave right back. And we just laughed, and there was so much joy in that moment that when I replay that video in my head, I literally, I can feel the emotions change in my body, the chemistry change in my body, and it carries me forward. That's you, a beautiful story. I'm going to have to think up my power moment. You can borrow mine if you don't have one. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I think my power moment was probably um, getting my, my mother into assisted living, finally, after a long struggle. That was a power moment. <laughs> Which is great, which is wonderful. So what, um, when we get sort of, you know, more to the resilient place in our lives, once we've practiced, I'm guessing practice is part of it. Absolutely. What are some of the benefits of living in a, uh, living resiliently or at a higher frequency? I know, you know, that it can, and it, it can increase your flexibility and, um, feelings of appreciativeness. Wait, 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 wait. Does that mean I can put my foot behind my head? I can't do that now. No, no, no. We're not talking about acrobatics <laughs> okay. here, okay? Just getting clear. Okay, Just good. getting clear. But um, And then you, as you become more resilient, do you tend to bounce back more quickly? You or? bounce. I mean, so many things. Like you said, flexibility. When When adversity shows up, you go, oh, okay, there's some adversity. I wonder what way there is around it or how can I work with that? Um, so that's kind of a kind of flexibility. You tend to have more, more often feel appreciative or gratitude mm-hmm. for what you have in life and what your experiences are. Very often, if there's a negative interaction, well, typically you get into negative interactions less like very seldomly because it just doesn't happen. You're not easily triggered by the odd behavior of others. Mm -hmm. You just go, well, that was odd. You don't take it personally. So you quit taking things so personally and, and allowing them to bother you. They just kind of, you know, that old saying about water rolling off the back of a duck, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of deal. That's because there's an, there's an oily uh, layer to the duck's feathers and the water just pools and, and, and runs right off. So, so you re- you start to recognize that other people have their own junk going on, their own story managers operating in the background, right. i.e. junk. And then, then you know that it's not about you. And so then you kind of go, oh, no biggie, move on. Gosh, it's such a better place to live. I can, I can tell you, quite honestly, having been practicing resilience, I do notice that negative things don't stick with me. Which is great. Yeah. I bet you can remember the days that I can too, when somebody look at you cross-eyed and like, well, what's wrong with her? (laughs) Well, the other day I had ordered something from a friend of mine and she forgot to put it in the mail and she wrote me this long text about how sorry she was and she felt horrible and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, no sweat. Yeah, exactly. It's no big deal. <laughs> Calm down. 
But I may not have reacted that way a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I wasn't born with this stuff. You know, I've learned it over years and right, years of right. things of not working. Yeah. So it's time to find our way back to resilience because we are born with resilience. And I think what happens is it gets trained out of us. Gosh, it's something that with a little more resilience, we can be much more effective in our lives. We can have more of what we want. We can have better relationships. We'll perform better at work and at school. It's just, we'll be happier. And goodness, who doesn't want to be happier, you know? Oh, man. I, I, we yeah. all deserve it. We all deserve it. We all need it. This will help you get there. This emotional hierarchy, I think, is quite a way to look at it. Definitely. Thanks for tuning in to Emotional Self Mastery. We'll be back next Thursday with a new topic to help you reclaim your personal power and self-confidence. Please be sure to subscribe to and like this podcast and share it with a friend. And if you want a deeper dive into emotional self-mastery, get Cheryl's book by the same title on Amazon. Download the first chapter for free on her website under the book tab. Want to receive a full recap of this week's content with resources and helpful hints? Sign up on the first page of my website at simplythebestresults.com. Talk to you next week.